Joe, how do you stop Canadian bacon from curling in the frying pan? How? You take away their tiny brooms. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. Joe, do you know a chicken coop has two doors? Really? If it had four doors, it'd be a chicken sedan. <laughs> Hello, everybody. This is Jacques. Turn this off now. <laughs> Joe and that, here. that ray of sunshine is Joe. And you've, you've willingly, because I don't, I don't think things just pop up accidentally. You willingly are listening to Carnival Personnel Podcast. And we thank, I thank you for it. Joe, Joe sends his condolences, his thoughts and prayers. <laughs> it's the least I could do. Uh, it, as, we're, as we are recording this, is uh, September 11th, and we were talking about it wait, today. The wait, fam- wait, 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 oh, sorry, sorry, wait. Sorry, 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 sorry. No, that's the Are day. you planning something that I don't know about? <laughs> that's the day we will never forget. You had the overdue video from Blockbuster. <laughs> your, no, your, no, your, it was Hollywood video. Oh, my, my, I yes. stand corrected. Yeah. Uh, but July 11th, and the family, my boys, were I were talking about it. One of the things, their childhood memories, and they're still children, uh, but one of their, you know, earlier childhood memories, one of their happier memories of, of me, their, their dad, um, is on 7-11 one year. I think management was over in Qatar, and we drove to 14 or 15 different 7-Elevens to get free ICs. <laughs> like, like, like my oldest guy, I think he's like six or seven at the time, and he lo- like twice a week to three times a week after jujitsu, we would go right next door was a 7-Eleven, and then we would go to the pool at the Y. So he got off the jujitsu mat after an hour and a half, we get an icy drive, and then he'd be in the pool for an hour and a half. And it was like his big reward. And he always loved it. And it was always a big thing. You get a free and, and I mean, he wasn't over sugared. Like truly, they're like a little bigger than Dixie Cup, the free ones they give you, you know, the small. Um, but we did. We spent the entire day just going from 7-Eleven to 7-Eleven all over the San Fernando Valley and like the, you know, the Venice, like Manhattan Beach area. And it was one of the greatest days of their life. They just thought it was the funnest. And they got, that was the first time that they felt that they were really taking the system down from the inside, that they, that they were pulling one over on corporate America by getting that free frozen treat from 16 different locations. That reminds me of that Simpsons episode where Bart and Milhouse find the $20 bill and they go to the Quickie Mart and get the squishy made entirely out of syrup. <laughs> and a, a squishy made entirely out of syrup, such a thing has never been done. Just make it happen. And then they go <laughs> they go crazy Broadway style. Yeah, so so you and your boys went around on on 7-Eleven getting a dozen ices. I presume they fell asleep 713. Is that yeah, what? Yeah. You know what? I, you know it it was it was a rough day getting through, but the next two went by like a snap. When the when that sugar really hit and that cried, man, when a junkie comes down like that. Did either of them either of them sign up for junior campers, aka the Boy Scouts? Because <laughs> that's what you do on a on an icy bender. <laughs> yeah, you need to do fucked up The few, things. the proud, the geeky. I could quote Simpsons all day. Go on. Uh, so the big news around our house this week is uh, Hamilton. 
and when my my oldest was doing a play back in February, his theater teacher introduced him to Hamilton. You know, the wife and I always wanted to see it, but we fell in love with the soundtrack. And we had plans. We had big plans, Joe. You know, pies in the sky, reaching for it all, dreams of going to see Hamilton, you know, this spring. Uh, that's been put on hold for quite some time, and the world knows it. But uh, on Disney+, Plus, they dropped Hamilton this week, the original cast performance. Uh, not only did we watch it twice, once as a family and then once again just the missus and I, um, I fell down the rabbit hole of Hamilton and I've watched two documentaries. Dude, I, I knew 70% of the stuff in that play, maybe 75%, but the 25% I didn't know. I was like, holy shit. And then, you know, yeah, they take some artist liberties here and there and they, you know, some of the dates are, are, are like, you know, rearranged a bit. They, you know, for almost all black cast, they kind of barely mentioned the whole slavery aspect of the time. Uh, that said, Alexander Hamilton, uh, you know, might as, uh, maybe, maybe between him and, uh, and Ben Franklin are the reason, you know, our country was so great up into 2016. <laughs> you know? I, I didn't realize like, so, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tear down the fourth wall and, Bring everybody into into my world and what it's like in, in my house and just give you a snapshot of the loving, healthy relationship I'm in. Um, management and I are, are watching this documentary. And afterwards, we're standing there in the kitchen. And I didn't realize he created the stock market. Like, like wasn't part of the pieces of putting the stock market together. He created Wall Street, period, the end. He created... The bond market, period, the end, he created our currency. Like the 13 colonies all had different currencies. Um, and, and literally, I know it's one of yours and one of my favorite terms, but I think it was Virginia was still using doubloons. And, and, and I'm not, it's not hyperbole. So he standardized currency for this country. Literally, it's, you know, spoiler alert, play's been out for six years. You haven't seen it, you know, too bad on you. But, you know, there's a great line at, at towards the end where they're recounting all the people who had encounters with him, his friends, his supporters, his enemies. And Thomas Jefferson, you know, who, who they worked together on a couple great things, but hated each other at the core. And he says, I got to admit, his financial system is a work of genius. I couldn't untangle it if I tried. And then he takes it and he goes, and I tried. I really tried. <laughs> and, and it, you know, of, like of all the things that have stood the test of time, you know, the, the postal system, you know, which, you know, hey, they're working on it. But, but that's been around since day one, the Ben Franklin and all these Hamilton things. So the missus, so I'm saying, I can't believe he did this, this and this. And the missus turns around and she goes, oh. Yeah, just like you, you send me pictures of what the boys have for dinner every night. You're just like Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> and I do that because like she, you know, one time like a year ago, she came home and she was in a bad mood and she's like, what do the boys have for dinner? They had X, Y, and C. Oh, you didn't make them a vegetable? You don't think they need a vegetable just because you don't need a vegetable? They don't need a vegetable? So now out of sarcasm, every time I make them dinner, I take a picture and I text it to her. And, and often I circle the protein and I circle the vegetable. So she's like, Oh yeah, you're just like Hamilton. He invented X, Y, C and you take pictures of your boy's dinner and send it to me. And I'm like, wow. Okay. Um, I, 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 uh, 
I'd like to go now. <laughs> so so that, that's a peek in, into the loving relationship I have. Uh, Joe, you're a nerd. I'm a nerd. We both like porn, but I want to talk a little nerd porn with you if I could. Good. The making of the Mandalorian show that, that I've been saying is as good as the Mandalorian show, which is the best show I've seen on TV in a couple years, next to The Good Place. Um, this past episode held up a mirror to my failures as a nerd. Like, like I'm, wearing, I'm wearing a Green Lantern shirt now that matches my Green Lantern tattoo. I'm not close to nerdy enough to have a fucking clue of what being a real nerd is. And if you see this episode, it's one of those ones where I'm like, oh, I'm a nerd. I can't believe I'm watching the making of this nerd show. And then you sit there and you realize you're not even a good nerd. You didn't even know how nerdy the people are who make this show are on, on, on their worst day and my best day. I don't come fucking close, and I don't know if you saw it. I gave you the heads up to check it out. I did not. Okay. I, 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 I'll, you know, because I want to blast through a lot of stuff. Have you ever heard? Have you ever heard of the character called Wilrow Hood? Nope. Okay. Yeah, I can't believe you don't know Wilrow Hood. Didn't we do a whole episode about the 40th anniversary of the Empire Strikes Back? Yes, we did. did. We did. And, and haven't I proclaimed that that's my favorite movie of all time? Yes. And yet we didn't talk about Wilrow Hood. Why? Wilrow Hood is in The Empire Strikes Back for less than one second. Less than one second. Apparently, that less than one second, uh, a film projects at 24 frames per second. And, and then when they scan it for, for broadcast, it's, it's 30 scans per second so if we go by frames he was in 22 out of 24 frames running as they're evacuating cloud city turns out that in the mandalorian the briefcase that's kind of i i picked up the homage to to the quentin tarantino briefcase where you open it up and the lights in it i picked up on that but there's this round cooler ish looking thing that the money the mandalorian was paid for bringing back baby yoda is an homage not an homage it's a straight up it's a straight up um thank you love letter to this character uh uh this this character wilrow hood who as he's running in those 24 frames is carrying an old school ice cream maker okay <laughs> and apparently i've gone to comic cons in four different countries and like six different states in the united states and in four different countries i've not gone to a specific star wars and i guess at most star wars convention they have something called uh the the willrow hood run where the guy the guy's just you know he he's a, his, a guy you know, maybe maybe of 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 Indian Pakistani descent, um, with an orange jump jumpsuit, running with this ice maker. Yes, they have the running. <laughs> so you have at any of these conventions, 20, 30, 40 of these guys dressed <laughs> like him, running with this ice cream maker, and they went and they they replicated that. So the whole briefcase thing. 
that was a Pulp Fiction nod, they double dipped and they got in there with this. And, and, and I was like, holy shit. I knew I was a loser and I knew I was a nerd. And, and I didn't realize how much work I have cut out for me to really get to know that universe. You're merely a dork is what you're saying. Yeah, you're right, right. And maybe not even a good one, Joe. I mean, I can talk sport with the best of them, you know. So yeah, yeah, I consider myself a a dweeb or a dork, but not nerd, nah, geek. Sometimes, I guess, when it comes to game shows, maybe even with game shows, I think I'm just a spaz. So okay, that- wait the third the third season of the original Pressure Luck. Um, <laughs> Uh, like who was the fourth associate producer down on the credits? <laughs> there was no fourth associate producer. Trick question. <laughs> I was gonna say so, but I. How do I not know about this guy? My favorite movie. We do a whole episode sideshow, and I don't know. And there's, and and it's a fan made thing, but there is actually you can go and buy, and, and it looks like it was made by Kenner. You can get a Will Row Hood action figure, <laughs> dude. And so this episode. It really broke down. Oh, okay. You know, when they did the Empire Strikes Back. Oh, the gun. Oh, it's funny because right. you, you know the pitchfork kind of looking gun that that the Mandalorian had with him. Yeah, he didn't have that in Empire Strikes Back. You know, he didn't have it. And in the brief scene that you saw him in Return of the Jedi, no, he had it. While he was riding that dragon creature and the holiday special. Yeah. So, so they made that gun. And it's funny. It's, it's, there's this behind the scene footage where, where, uh, uh, oh, the guy who created it, uh, happy, happy, um, happy hooker. Jeff Favreau is sitting a chair away from Lucas. And he's like, oh, did you notice the gun that, that, uh, that the Mandalorian had? He goes, yeah. He goes, you know where we got that idea? No. And the hol- in the holiday episode that you wrote, and and Lucas looks at him and goes, "I didn't write that." Yeah. <laughs> you know, and Sean Favreau like thinking, "Oh my god, we're giving the biggest knob, the biggest thing." And here's Lucas like, "Yeah, I have no idea what you're fucking talking." That about. just goes to show you how much of a nerd John Favreau is not, because he didn't know that Lucas had nothing to do creatively with the Star Wars holiday special. That's that's. Star Wars 101. You, they don't let you into the, the convention if you don't know that if fact. You don't know. So, so the whole episode of, of episode eight of the making of, you know, and it shows how, um, you know, the different directors of the series and that episode that your favorite episode, probably not my favorite episode, but they're all great episodes. The one with Bill Burr. Yeah. When they, when they blow up that thing, the blow up that ship that was going to blow him up as he was taken off. The prisoner ship. Yeah. Uh, they didn't blow up the prisoners. Oh no, 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 no! Yeah, I know what you're talking about the base. Yeah, the three X-wing fighters that come out of hyperspace are three directors from from the Mandalorian <laughs> show, and they and none of them wanted to do it. And John Favreau's like, "Oh yeah, you got to go do this." And it's like, you know, Filoni, the guy who created the Clone Wars, he's like, "Ah, I, I really don't want to do it." And he was doing second AD stuff on one of the other episodes one of the other directors and it's like they were behind schedule and he's like oh great i get to get the fuck out of here without having to do that mm-hmm. and it's like and and pharaoh came up to him and goes hey don't forget you still got to do this today and oh, he's geez. like damn it. <laughs> you know and then it, you know uh and, and it's you know it's really really funny and and so some of the guys they had some of the behind the scenes special effect guys and the guys who developed the models and some of these guys worked on a new hope, you know, it's some of the same guys and they went 
oh, remember how we used this creature on this planet? Well, he came from when they were hyper skip jumping in, in, in that movie and you saw for one second they're on that planet and you see that them riding these kangaroo type creatures <laughs> off in the distance like no well they were so what we did <laughs> you know uh it's same thing and it turns out like they they revealed the veil they took down the fourth wall and they showed a number of the different droids over the years that mark hamill has voiced oh wow you know like and yeah, the episode. I'm, okay. I'm sorry, I'm just briefly giving you a chance to take a breath. <sighs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I saw something on Twitter where they show the credit of where he uses his uh, first, uh, he uses the first name of his two brothers as his credit for, like, you know, doing a voice for one of the droids in the last, uh, you know, the latest Star Wars movie. Uh, so yeah, like Mark Hamill's brother is like William, and the other one is like Peter or something. So his name is William Peter, and uh, uh, William M. Peter. He he oh, put his M. own. That's right, right. Oh. And, and the name's wrong, but that's the general gist. But you, know, so you were saying something about Mark Hamill and Star Wars, and I got to go back to sleep but, now. But no, in a number of different things. I guess he didn't do any of the prequels, but in Rogue One and Solo and Clone Wars, and now on the Mandalorian. Um, he's done voices for different droids or different, like, you know, PA announcers in the background and stuff like that. Um, so no, so, so I, I literally, as much as I love the Mandalorian, like this behind the scenes look, and, and it's, it's just funny how, you know, Dave Filoni was, was ripped his whole life for being a big Star Wars guy. And they talked about in the first or second episode, he was an animator over at Nickelodeon. And when he, I forget what show he was working on. He was a 2D animation guy at Nickelodeon. And when he got the call that Lucas wanted him to come up and talk about creating the Clone Wars, he thought it was some of his buddies who were and the other side of the Nickelodeon studios working on SpongeBob who were pranking <laughs> him because it's at the time when like, um, Phantom Menace was about to come out, and yeah. they're like, they were probably just tired. I thought they were just tired of me talking about this new Star Wars movie all the time, and they were pranking me. And so, when you hear this guy with such passion, who's like literally his his forty years of nerdum leading into this, you know, ha- has has led to this moment, and you know, now he's he's revered. Um, this episode also went into a deep dive and interviewed a lot of the guys from the five hundred one. The, that stormtrooper uh, allegiance, you know, that, that stormtrooper fan group that show up in their full armor that oh. they use as a background. So they talk to maybe 20 of these guys and they do charity things all the time. They do fundraisers. They go to children's hospital. They, the call went out saying, hey, we need as many as you guys. So people came from different chapters. You know, some people came from Chicago. Some people drove down from the Bay Area. They ended up getting like a couple hundred of these guys, and they didn't know what it was for. If they're saying it's a big Star Wars thing, and sometimes it's for premieres, sometimes they don't know. They had no idea that they were going to actually get to be in the Star Wars thing. Um, so it, it's great, you know. It, it, it's great. It's great. It's great. It's great. Um, Is it great? But yeah, I, so now, 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 you pointed out something to me today, uh, the other day, and I looked it up um, again. Airplane's our favorite movie, one of our favorite movies. We, I didn't know that it was a shot-for-shot remake of Zero Hour, the made-for-TV, the made-for-Canadian TV movie from 1959, Something I think like it that. was. Yeah. Um, and I love Police Squad. And I knew 
they they had an homage to the mod squad. I knew they were doing. I didn't know the police squad was a straight up shot for shot remake. And it begs the question: Was Sucker Abrams and Sucker geniuses or straight up thieves? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm pushing the mic away theoretically, so it doesn't scratch the table. And I'm gonna let you you know take this one. I discovered on IMDb that somebody commented in the trivia section a couple of things. One, that in the beginning of Police Squad, which was the Frank Drebin you know, parody show that led up to the Naked Gun movies, it lasted six episodes, literally six episodes, all of them great. Uh, all of them written by Robert Wool, or you know, he was a writer on that show. I did not know that. But then I saw another factoid before I get to the ripping off part was that John Belushi was supposed to be one of the dead bodies to you know uh he the guest celebrities at the beginning of the show they would say you know special guest star william conrad and it would just be william conrad rolling out of a car dying on the sidewalk <laughs> john belushi was supposed to be john belushi but he would have cement feet and he was going to be like you know sinking to the bottom of a river or something but he had died prior to the, the release of the show or something like that right Oh wait, did 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 he die, or was he that good of a character actor? Right, he, he got was, way too was, into it. He got way too into it. But then, so what we're talking about here, about Zachary Abram Zucker ripping off another show. Apparently, this was a straight up shot for shot remake of a '50s show starring Lee Marvin called The M Squad, down to the music, dialogue from one of the scenes of the early shows, uh, the character's name is detective frank something or other and yeah it's just uh you know they just basically took a script from one show added jokes to it and put leslie nielsen in it and made another show out of it done and that's probably why they didn't go more than six episodes because they're like oh no we don't have any more episodes of m squad to rip off that only lasted six episodes (laughs) i don't know that for certain but yeah, yeah. So there you go. Uh, check check it out. There's a side by side comparison on YouTube of a uh, scene from Police Squad versus M- the M Squad, starring Lee Marvin. And uh, it's like, okay, uh, I guess if you're gonna steal, steal from the most obscure fucking thing you can think of. <laughs> yeah, you don't get much more obscure than Zero Hour. And again, that was like 1959, made for Canadian television, where the flight was going from from Ottawa. To like Edmonton, I think. <laughs> yeah, know? and they were all hockey players on this plane. <laughs> well, the fun and the thing is, like you said, like oh, it was a straight, you know, it was a shot for shot thing. They just you know added some jokes and like airplane and even mods, even police squad, they didn't rewrite the dialogue. They just said it more sarcastically, or they just position, you know, it's like you know, uh, a di- you know, different thing. No, it's it's great, but yeah, it, it does. You know, it begs the question. Like, like Led Zeppelin, they are the Led Zeppelin, you know, <laughs> of comedy. Where was Led Zeppelin a great band? Hell yes, fuck yes. Do they owe ninety nine percent of their royalties to these uncredited black blues musicians from the forties to the sixties? Fuck yes, they do. Um, so, so that was my, you know, that was my take on that. So, um, I watched, and I, you know, almost to the point where I might do a, a road trip when it's safe. I watched a great documentary this week, and again, it was one of those things, you know, I was working in the office, and I kind of wanted to have something on in the background for, like, background noise, because 
I had to turn off the news. I ha- I, I've watched a lot of TV the last few weeks, Joe. We'll get into the shitstorm in a minute, but I can't take a lot of it. You know, I can only take it in small doses. So I wanted something on in the background when I was working. There's a documentary about this drive-in theater in rural Pennsylvania that's been around since 1948. It's only one screen. And the interesting thing is a few years ago, they tried to raise $50,000 to get a digital projection and they couldn't come up with the money. So they had to go to 35 millimeter. So they stick with 35 millimeter only print. So they can only do classic movies and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like Guardians of the Galaxy was like the last first run movie they've been able to get because they don't make that anymore. And it's amazing. There's a bunch of like the guy who owns it. He's owned it for like 20 years. Uh, the the original projectionist is still kind of in the picture. And there's these people who show up every weekend to work for free just for the love of, of this. And it's, it is. It's inspiring. One guy actually drives from southern New Hampshire, you know, five and a half to six hours every weekend to work for free at the snack bar at this theater. And it's, it's, it's just the snack shack is it, – it's not. It's a, your a- average driving snack shack. You know, it's small. It's this. But – Every weekend they they do a different theme, you know what I mean? Whether it's a Star Wars thing or a horror film or, you know, 50s classic like they make. And dude, it literally, you know, because last weekend management had like four days off and we were truly like, what are we going to do? Like she worked so much and it seemed like it was a three-week vacation. Like what do I do with all this time? You know, because we were going to read all the books and they poke – post-apocalyptic like society but our glasses broke so we couldn't do that (laughs) so so had i seen this movie had i seen this documentary you know a couple weeks before we probably would have road tripped and just slept in the car um and because that's what people do some people come from you know hours and hours a day drive if it's a theme weekend and they let them camp there over the weekend you know it was really it was one of these documentaries where because of the way the world is 50% 50% through, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. 60%, I, I was waiting for the, oh, you know this nice guy we've been profiling the last, you know, two hours? Well, last week he went on a Pez killing spree where he, you know, with all these retro Pez things that they have for one of their promotions, <laughs> choked all his coworkers to death in their sleep. No, no, it was, it was a sweet documentary about, you know what? They had a real problem. It's like, how do we stay in business? How do we? And, and you know, and there's been times where, you know, while during one of the tapings, they had these thunderstorms, these really bad thunderstorms. And there was like four people who came to the drive-in. And the owner's like, I have no idea how far these people came to drive. Of course, we're going to run the movie for them. You know, it's like, this might be the one and only time they're going to be here. This might be the one thing that you know, they told their kids, oh, drive-ins were great, you know, and now we're going to take that away from them. No, we're going to, I don't, and he goes, we've done it before. They didn't have footage. It was like, we, about four years ago, ran a movie for one car. <laughs> you know, there was one car showed up and it's like, and again, it's like, you know, and he said that because, you know, if one of our workers drives six hours just to be here, we don't know where these people came from. So, you know, so, so it was, it, you know, um, nice. so, so yeah, so I, I, I literally looked it up. I'm gonna, did you literally I look it up? Literally. I hate myself. <laughs> Thank you for, pilot. but I, I, I am really considering okay you know that's a safe social distancing thing and the boys and i like road trips and like i said management a couple weeks ago had a few days off and we're like 
you know, what are we going to do? You know, and, and, you know, and so that, you know, I'm going to jump down a, a couple things on the, um, on the agenda because I think it ties in better. We might have to go there for a family road trip, Joe, because do you, not many people realize it. It's not getting a lot of press because there's so much awful. You can only get, there can only be one headline in the newspaper. You know what I mean? A newspaper. Uh, uh, shut up, Jacques. Um, I'm old. And, uh, do you realize like the unwelcome mat has put been put out for United States citizens all over the world that more and more countries are saying, yeah, you can't fucking come here. You're like, how, you, Joe, it's so bad. How bad is it? <laughs> that Mexico is building the wall to keep us out now. And, and as much as that's a not funny, not funny joke, truly border towns and, and Nevada, Arizona, California and, and, and Texas are now closing down on the Mexico side because of our handling of covert. These towns that rely 100% on tourism and, 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 and stuff like that, you know, for people to come over the border and have dinner and, you know, hey, let's go for a Mexican dinner in Mexico. It's 15 minutes away. No, but they're closing down to us. Canada, you know, um, they were supposed to open the border like four weeks ago and they're like, yeah, um, we're not we're not doing that. And in uh -huh. fact, we're, we're thinking about it. They're, they're even thinking about restricting more, quote unquote, essential commerce going back and forth, because honestly, they don't want us bringing our smallpox blankets up there and, you know, all around the world, all around Europe. And, and so I'm not going to make a big thing about it because we did touch on it a little bit last week. But more and more countries are saying, yeah, we rely on tourism and the United States gave all these airlines tons of money to fly people over here. But no fucking way do we want those people over here and not just because they're obnoxious fucks uh, they just don't want us over there bringing uh, the pandemic with us because the rest of the world hasn't solved it but they're, we're working really hard to not be the worst country handling this in the world but to be the worst country handling it but we are have you ever seen um, oh, what was that famous horse from the 30s that they made it was it Secretariat that they did that big movie sea about biscuit? a few years ago where he won – I don't know. He won the Triple Crown and the last race of the Triple Crown. He truly almost lapped the other horses. Like, yeah. like honestly, you've never seen – you know, you, you, you've seen lopsided Super Bowls. You've seen sweeps in the Stanley Cup Finals. It was like 29 and a half lengths, and I think your average – your average horse track is 30 lengths. You know what I mean? And it, it, it was like, uh, you know, by the time he gets to the winner's circle and they put the bouquet of flowers over him and take the pictures, it's like, oh, let's go back to the track and see who came in second. <laughs> you know, that's what the U.S. is doing with COVID. And, and, you know, so last week or this past week when Bunker Boy was uh, saying – there are, and he, he named the countries. He's like, they're opening schools in Denmark. They're opening schools in Sweden. They're opening schools in Germany. We need to open our schools. And within seconds, people have the statistics. It's like, okay, well, yesterday they had three new cases in Denmark. <laughs> they had six new cases in Sweden. Germany, which is completely fucking up, had 12 new cases. <laughs> We had fifty eight thousand in the state of Texas. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then, and then, and you know, it's like, yeah, when you when you open yourself up, and then you got like, you know, the the governor of Florida, the worst 
hotspot in the entire world, I believe. It's either it's either Florida. I mean, Texas, Florida, and Arizona are really working hard to be the worst place to be in the world right now. But the governor of Florida flat out says, we have to open schools. If you can open the Home Depot, you can open the schools. It's like, oh, did you go to Home Depot on a bus with, with 69-year-olds? <laughs> or did you sit in a room with these you know, these 32 nine-year-old kids for seven hours, or did you go and get your power drill and get the fuck out of there? You know, so when they make these comparisons, it's like, oh, you're working really, really hard to show how stupid you are, aren't you? Over. <laughs> Continue with the podcast. Uh, let's, let's get to the great state of Mississippi. You know, welcome to the 20. 20- First century by taking the Confederate symbol off your flag, um, but they kept insisting on meeting at the state house in purpose, uh, uh, you know, in, in person rather than doing it over Zoom. And now I think it's 129 state representatives in the great state of Mississippi are now in quarantine because they all came down with COVID. Oh, you know? it's like, dude, the number of states that still don't have mask orders. You know, and then you got Texas. You got the Republican governor of Texas saying flat out, look, wear a fucking mask because we were on the brink of having to shut the state down. I don't want to shut things down, but we're going to have to shut it down if you don't wear a mask. And then you have the Republican lieutenant governor who runs on a different ticket. It's not like the governor picks this lieutenant governor. It's out there saying masks are for sissies. And it's unconstitutional and you get out there and you pray and you sing in that choir and you show the world you're not afraid of this hoax. It's like, dude, it's like, you know, we didn't know with the bubonic plague. We, I mean, me and you because we're really old. Oh, if we stop shitting in the streets and we wash our hands, we don't all die of this. Oh, I wish we had known that. We have people out there screaming from the top of the rooftops. It's like, hey. Um, I know it's uncomfortable to wear a mask for 15 minutes in the store, but uh, just fucking do it. And and on the other hand, you have Blotus flat out saying, you know, Fauci has been wrong a lot. He's been wrong about a lot of things. At first he said masks aren't going to help. And now he's saying masks help. I, you know, I, I, I got in the time machine and I went back to March and I looked at every piece of footage and listened to every piece of audio. Oh, actually – because I can time travel, I can stop time to listen to all this when I went back there, if you're asking how I did this this week. And uh, yeah, I don't ever remember Fauci saying, yeah, don't wear a mask. They're not a good idea. I, I don't remember him saying that one time. But flat out, you have, you know, you know, the people like Fauci screaming now, like publicly um, at war with Bunker Boy saying, yeah. Um, we're doing a really bad job handling this and it's only getting worse and we're going to have 200 deaths, you know, by election. And that's if we start doing everything right now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Joe. I'm just rambling. Um, the war on Fauci, the war on science, you know, the press secretary saying the other day, wait, we take everybody's opinion into our consideration. There's science. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then there's, there's your opinion. So on here, you know, you might have the opinion the earth is flat, but the science uh, says no, 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 the earth isn't flat. But hey, at least Disney is open as of today. And um, and yeah, we're just fucked, Joe. We're, 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 we're just fucked. But hey, you know, I want to want to talk about some some more important things. Joe, if anybody thinks if a- a- anybody. 
I'm trying. I'm trying to say this as succinctly as I can. Why if any, now? if anybody is upset with with Roger Stone's being pardoned, um, you shouldn't be. And, and I say that because you had weeks, if not months, to prepare for this. <laughs> like, 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 you know what? At, 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 let's be honest, Joe. Nobody on Christmas morning has ever bought their wife a new Lexus parked in the driveway and put a giant bow on it. it it's never happened. Like, where the fuck do you get those bows? <laughs> like, like, who can go out and buy a car that expensive without clearing it with your management? You know, I, Bill Gates, you know, can't buy a car that nice without getting permission from the wife. Never happened. If you haven't taken the last six months and know, you know what? Roger Stone is never going to spend a day behind bars ever. I don't care how much the jury found him guilty. I don't care how many times the judge called him back in and slapped him down. I don't give a fuck. But I think um, you're a fool who uh, who thinks there's a difference between opinions and science who don't think he pardoned him the day after uh, he lost all his court cases saying, well, we're not saying you can have his taxes, but we're not saying you can't have his taxes. We're kicking it down to the lower court that already said you could have his taxes. Oh, wait. Is that the same day that the media got the advanced copy of Mary Trump's book <laughs> detailing exactly um, how the grifting has happened? Um, and if you don't think the Roger Stone pardoning on Friday timed with, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, this Mary Trump thing is really bad, and the the Congress is going to be able to get his taxes. And the lower district of New York, the state government, not the federal government, is going to be able to get his taxes because if you remember a few months back, the state was suing him, and the federal government was going after the same bank records from Deutsche Bank. And the federal government came in and said, "Hey, we have jurisdiction over you. We're going to take lead on this case." And then proceeded to fire everybody doing the case. Thank you, William Barr. And so now the state turned around and said, oh, you're not pursuing this? Well, we are, and we're going to get the taxes. So on, on Thursday, he was ruled against it. Yep, they can get your taxes. I'm going to make them jump through one more hoop. But seven to two, the court ruled seven to two that, yep, they can get his taxes. Um, and so this pardoning Roger Stone on a Friday night is just, is just to save a little time just to buy him a little more time you know let's take a little steam out of this mary trump book let's take a little steam out of getting the taxes and let's have everybody let's get all the cats out there to focus on this laser pointer on the ground don't look at the laser pointer itself just look look at this dot and chase it around the floor for the next week and be outraged about it and as much as i am outraged about it it's like dude he's been he's been saying he was going to pardon him from day one like he we knew we knew Paul Manafort was going to get out of jail. We knew Stone was never going to go to jail. However, on Thursday, Michael Cohen, who was also released early from prison because of covert concerns, was quickly rounded up and put back into jail solely because a lot of the evidence in this Mary Trump book that started hitting the media, they're like, oh, this is what Michael Cohen was saying in his testimony Let's go talk to Michael Cohen. <laughs> so they revoked his parole or they revoked his early release um, so, so that the media can't talk to him. Like, it's plain and simple. 
you know? And so, like I said, I'm upset about the Roger Stone thing, but that was more predictable than me starting the show with a really stupid joke. Mm hmm. Yeah. Oh, 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 over. This is the You podcast this week. I'm, I'm kind of out of steam. When we get to TV, maybe I'll talk some more, but keep going. All right. So then I'll wrap it up. Um, my wife, management, um, had to cancel her, her birthday social social distancing pool party a few weeks ago having like four or five friends over truly i'm not i'm not being facetious sitting apart outside by the pool um just a, f- a couple friends because it was going to rain and she scheduled it for um today and we were supposed to have thunderstorms but she's like you know what i'm not going to cancel it i'll tell people look come we, we you know we can sit outside we have the canopy there's only a couple people coming she's like we don't want to have a party inside but it's not a party it's like Three friends coming over, two who have kids, you know, so it's not like we're all going to squish on like, you know, the, 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 the Barker lounger together, the Archie Bunker chair and, and, and watch something. So she's like, I'll roll the dice and I have it. Um, I don't know what it's like on your side of the world. I, where you, where are you podcasting from? You're, you're, um, so I'm in Guam and you're in, <laughs> but where we are, it's about 85, 86 degrees, very humid. Uh, we did have sprinkles, um, not just on the cupcakes, but it sprinkled here for about five minutes, about two hours ago. Otherwise, it's been a gorgeous day. Uh, but Bunker Boy canceled his Nazi pep rally uh, a half hour away in New Hampshire today because of pending storms, it, which which I literally wonder if it's because of the bad news cycle. He decided, OK, I can go to Florida on Friday, but I'm not going to go to New Hampshire on Saturday. Um and it's a gorgeous day. It's like, and and even if it, we were supposed to have thunderstorms, can he just get a big sharpie and write on the map and make the weather forecast people say it's going to be sunny? Because we've seen him do that before, Joe. Why doesn't he just make his next rally in Philadelphia? Because we all know it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Well, see, you're jumping ahead to TV. <laughs> well done. No, I, I'll, just, I'll just end on this uh, with the shitty part. So Betsy DeVos this week, you know, gives a statement saying the schools will be open 100 um, percent, you know, you know, come September. Figure it out. Like didn't give any guidance, didn't give any suggestions, didn't say heed the CDC warnings. Her state, her official statement was we're going to be open. It's up to the states to figure it out. What is she, and the my, mayor of Las Vegas? My my favorite thing about it, and somebody pointed this out on Twitter, and I don't know if I forwarded it or I took a screen grab and sent it to you. She's giving this interview. She has a bookshelf behind her. Could you no. fill in the blanks here? <laughs> no books. There were three <laughs> picture frames that I think still had the standard picture that you get at Target in the frames and some weird unicolored bowls that kind of match the same color of the bookshelf i mean i don't don't understand what kind of matrix office is she living in what kind there's something wrong with the program that manufactured the room around the the holodeck that she's broadcasting from is malfunctioning I forget the comedian, but I love a bit that he has. I heard him on I Heard a while ago talking about he got up early one day, earlier than he's ever gotten up, like so early that the Matrix hadn't started filling in the background yet. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, doesn't doesn't any of these people think, oh, you know what? The head of education 
secretary should have let's get some props you know those fake books that like you know you hide you, you know you hide your money <laughs> you know what i mean it's like can't we put a couple a bible put, put just put the fucking bible have one book behind you to get the christians to say hallelujah um but the, the best meme most awful meme i've seen this week is flat out how will our children social distance during acting shooting drills mm. if they go back to school and you're like wow okay um i don't want to be alive in this time right now i either want to you know there's a uh, way out of it <laughs> Dude, <laughs> joe if i had a garage i would have pulled the car in and let the engine permit to sleep a long time ago damn I think these families I think I literally think why that's why management bought a house without a garage because I think she knows that's my preferred way of going. You know what? Just sit in there with a case of Utica Club and listen to the Pixies and let that engine purr me to sleep. Oh wow, good. I'm glad to know that I'm not the only one who's thought out their own exit strategy. <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, hey, I, I look. Yeah, there's no way you I, spitballed that thing just now. <laughs> I, I know that you are one punch away on your punch card at the rickety stool and rope store. <laughs> you have one more free visit or you have one more punch card from a free sandwich away at their deli counter. Uh, Joe, let's get into some happy stuff. Why, why don't you take the lead in sport? You got the whole rundown right there. I know you got I know you got your finger on the pulse. It's funny because my little guy was in front of the computer beforehand. He goes, oh, is this what you guys are going to talk about today? And he's like, oh, you know, I don't like sports. I'm like, well, why don't you read the sports things out loud to me? And he was reading Russ. Oh, those actually sound interesting, Papa. I'm like, yeah, we're not talking about, hey, did you see the game the other day, Joe? What a great game it was. Those guys <laughs> gamed real. That sport ball, you're a big fan of the sport ball, right, Joe? That's your, that's your jam? Right. So what do you have on sports here? Looks uh, looks like that the government is helping out with the small businesses. Looks like during this pandemic, the PPP loans that are set aside to help the really small, struggling, you know, mom and pop style businesses stay on their feet and stay afloat while the uh, pandemic does its thing because, you know, people can't go to all these businesses being uh, quarantined and such. Uh, turns out... Um, Tom Brady's company is one of those wicked small businesses, super small. Actually, I don't know how many people it employs, so maybe it does qualify as a small business. Does it, 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 but it turns out Tom Brady got a PPP loan of what, two hundred fifty thousand? Uh, three three hundred thousand. Now, it's a loan. You, no, no, that, that's a loan. You pay it back when you can. You know, <laughs> your, your money's not here. Well, your, your, money, your money's in, in, in Bill and Bob Kraft's house and in, in Jerry Jones' house. You're gonna foreclose on them. Uh, God, I love you. Um, yeah. So the the Patriots, you know, they lo they did. They lowballed the great Tom Brady with a one-year $15 million contract. And he said, fuck it. I'm going to go to Florida, play in Tampa Bay, and make $20 million a year. Oh, and by the way, Florida has no state income tax. So I'm, I'm going from netting $10 million a year playing for the Patriots – those those monsters and i'm gonna make 20 million dollars oh wait a minute my company that has about you know a few hundred employees you know a couple hundred employees and are we're expanding exponentially yeah they need same way you know the lakers the lakers qualify for a ppe loan shake shack qualify for PPE kanye loan. west you know um you fucked up. Did, why didn't you call our lawyers? Aren't we a small business? Aren't we, you know, all that money that we were making from these defunct sponsors? And, and now, where's that money gone now, Joe? 
We, 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 you know, well, why? You, why didn't we apply? Who's asking? <laughs> so that's that's one thing. Um, these words aren't going to come out of my mouth often, but uh, thank you, Ramazan. Mm. Um, see, it seems like uh, all the protest over the last, you know, let's say uh, 40 years about the racist name of the NFL team in the Washington, D.C. area. Yeah, the, the needle started to move this past week because Amazon said, you know what, um, you, you know, we'll sell all the dildos you want, <laughs> uh, but we're not going to sell any uh, any any more project with that logo on it. And the next day, you know, FedEx said, oh, so we're not the first people to come out and say that we're not good. OK, well, you know what? We're going to take our name off of FedEx Field if uh, you keep that name. And then Nike said, oh, you know, we've been in um, we've been in bed with um, what do you call it? Um black athletes since we've been a company and so we're going to show our support for them now by saying yeah that we won't be you know doing business with that team unless they change it so you know it, it you know the the needle has moved on that so uh no more racism thanks to fedex nike and amazon now pay your fucking taxes <laughs> um yeah the the other you know but it's it's one step forward, ten steps backwards. So wait, you're saying that Jeff Bezos, out of the kindness of his heart, decided to forego the one one millionth of a second of earnings that he would have made on a Washington Redskins jersey sale? To, I'm picking to be, up your sarcasm. Because he's... <laughs> in the time that I just said that sentence, he's already bought and sold us three times. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like, go upstairs and see if your family's still there. He <laughs> might, he might, he might have um, so, you know, we, we all remember Donald Sterling, the owner of the Clippers a few years ago, left a real racist message on his uh, Asian girlfriend's answering machine, which she decided to play to the media saying, you know, don't be showing up in the owner's boxes with your black boyfriends anymore. And, uh, the poor guy was forced to sell his team. And I feel bad for him because, dude, he paid like $150 million for the Clippers uh, 10 years beforehand. I mean, sure, sure, he sold them for almost $2 billion. But you know what? It, it, you know, where where is that race rich, racist rich guy going to go in Southern California on a Saturday night if not see his, his team lose in the first round of playoffs? No, but but there's a senator. Uh, you're going to find this hard to believe. Uh, a Republican senator from the great state of Georgia. Uh, her name is uh, Kelly Loeffler. Loeffler. Thank you. Um, she is the proud owner, the proud owner of the Atlanta Dream. And I know Biff and John and Alster Tommy are big fans of the WNBA. But for those who you don't know, the Atlanta Dream is the WNBA team in the great Atlanta area. The WNBA says, yep, we're coming back this year. We're going to do it in one location like some of the other sports teams are doing. And on all courts for this year and going forward, we're going to have Black Lives Matter painted on the floor. And this woman, um, who is a Republican uh, senator, says, yeah, I'm not cool with that. That's a terrorist organization. Mm. And even, even the team that she owns came out like instantly and sent out a tweet that all the players and the coaches signed it saying, yeah. She said, "Like, oh, she the and, and and the the senator's statement. She said, like, I believe all lives matter, you know, blah blah blah, and I really believe, but the Black Lives Matter movement. I don't know if she called it a terrorist organization, but she, I think she did. I think she actually says she doesn't agree with their politics. It's like, oh, 
you don't agree with the politics of cops not shooting black people anymore unarmed in the back. Okay. Well, you know, hey, Joe, I believe in both sides of the science. Both, both sides of the science on this one. So it's like, dude, how tone deaf do you have to be? It's like, now, now, I don't think she's going to be able to sell her team for $2 billion like Donald Sterling did. Uh, slight difference between selling a WNBA team and an NBA team. But it's like, dude, we don't need sports to come back. Um, sports people are moving this needle in so many positive ways. And you're still going to take that line in the sand. I, you know, it's like the tone deafness is just amazing. Um, and the last thing I want to say about sports is, you know, the NHL is coming back and they're going to play in two hubs. They're going to play in Edmonton and in Toronto. And look, the, the numbers in Canada are great. You know, compared to the U.S., I, I still think it's fucking stupid. And a couple players in the NHL have already come out and says, yeah, I'm not coming. Like, I think they're going to have like a round robin thing for a couple of weeks and go right into the playoffs. And they're like, yeah, I'm not I'm not coming back for four weeks of hockey, you know, and then have to distance myself from my mom for the next like five months because of this. So a couple players aren't. Uh, but all the other teams that are coming back, I, I like, again, just shut the fuck down. We talked about Hamilton already, you know. All the people who make their money, you know, not Lin-Manuel, you know, Miranda, but, you know, all the background dancers in Hamilton, all the lighting people, all the ticket takers. Broadway is shut down at least to January 3rd. They, they said that a couple months ago. Fuck it. We're pulling the plug. And it might even go further than that. This rush to get to Florida to play all these sports, you know, the MLS team um, out of Dallas, I think it's FC Dallas. Uh, yeah, they were set to get on a plane and go to Florida last this past week and get ready because the MLS season is starting up. Uh, you got 11 soccer, but you're a big soccer guy. You you, you know, you. why, why am I telling you, Joe, that you got 11 players on each team out in the field? Um, it's hard to put 11 players out on their field. Uh, yeah, you got a roster of about 20 guys. You need 11 on the field when 10 of them tested positive for COVID. <laughs> it's hard to feel. So, I mean, literally, had they had two more players test for COVID, you and I might have got a call to be professional soccer players for the uh, MLS for the Dallas. It's like, at what point do people have to say, oh, this is just really fucking stupid. We're not coming. Wait. You want to send us to Florida to play. Okay, let me turn on the TV for one second and see who's leading the race for the worst handling it in the globe. Is it is it Phoenix or is it or is it Houston or is it uh, the entire state of Florida? Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. You, you yeah, know, yeah, anyways, right, I'm, yeah, right, I'm, I'm yeah, done with sport. Yeah, right, right. I'm done talking. Yeah. You you talk for the next 20 minutes about no. video games. Would you, would you just, just say something about video games so I can take a rest? <sighs> I did pick up a new video game this week. I bought a game that came out last year for PlayStation 4 called Bloodstained, Curse of the or Ritual of the Night. And it's a Castlevania-style homage. And it's a fun game. I'm playing it. And I'm um, having fun with it. Over. Shooter game? Puzzle game? Oh, it's a... Uh, well, Castlevania is uh, like a platformer. It's an action platformer RPG kind of game. So, you, you know, you you play as this uh, woman who's got to... Um, she's got to vanquish demons and then fight other uh, people. I don't know, man. It's fun. She's got bouncy boobs. I don't know. What do you want from me? Just... <laughs> well, uh, well, well, I don't want it from you, but I do want bouncy boobs. I see you, you have me at bouncy boobs. 
That was uh, the last thing I said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know what? I drift, and it was my turn to drift off. There, wait, wait, what? what oops, I'm, 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 I'm in. What, what, what's the game yeah. again? All right, Bloodstained uh, Ritual of the Night for PlayStation Four and other platforms, and that's a, it's a fun game. I got it for twenty bucks at Best Buy because you know I have that Best Buy card that I got for Father's Day that I have to chip away at until I'm forced to, you know, use that money to buy a replacement refrigerator because that's on the list. So we'll see how that goes. But refrigerator um, for upstairs or a mini fridge for downstairs? Could you could you clarify for our listeners? <laughs> that would be our kitchen refrigerator. We don't need a mini fridge down here in my opinion. I yeah, does your opinion matter? No. Cuz I've heard otherwise. Oh, Listen. Okay. The science between not being able to plug a fridge down there because you will blow the whole, you know, that the second half of Arlington like power grit will go down. There, there's the science side of it, but somebody voiced an opinion that it is desperately needed, and I'll let you figure the rest out. We could use a mini fridge. I'll give you that. We could use a mini fridge down here. Unfortunately, it's just not on the cards. But what are you watching on TV nowadays that isn't COVID related or Trump related? I, uh, I, I, I fell. I succumbed to the. 30-second promos that you watch every time you turn on a show on Amazon Prime and it keeps getting the commercial for a show called Undone, Mm -hmm. which is an animated show. It's kind of – I'm trying to think. It's almost kind of somewhere between the animation of Archer and the AHA video take on me. Uh (laughs) Um, And one of the main characters is Bob Odenkirk. Uh-huh. And it's in- it's interesting. A girl is in a bad accident, and is she hallucinating, or is she solving her dead father's murder with her dead father, who was some kind of quantum physicist who was killed for his research, who found out a way to communicate with her in this near vegetable state, and she can go back and change things. So like, let's say she was listening to this podcast and she gets like 20 minutes in and it's like, what the fuck am I doing? That was a bad decision. She can go back to the start of that where she's scrolling through her podcast, hit the unsubscribe button that you've worked so hard to have them take off the options. And so it was interesting. And again, you know, I, I watched, uh, we didn't talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it, except I watched the movie, The Martian with management last night and it was very tense. And I kept telling her, you know I'd be done with the movie now. Like I would have just scrolled like 20 minutes ahead to see if he was dead or not. Um, and well, that's it, how the, I kind of The, the Martian, you mean the, glow, the Golden Globe winner for best comedy with Matt Damon? Is that the one? <laughs> yes, that, that's the one. It was actually uh, a winner for best comedy. Was it? Well, it did have some levity in it. It did have some levity in it. Levity as in he was, you know, levitating off the ground because gravity is different up in Mars or... Uh, He looked good shirtless in a few scenes. Wait, can you you rewind that and take that out? (laughs) I meant to say he looked amazing shirtless. Uh, Uh, Anyway. so, So, yeah, so I watched that. I finished watching season two of Harley Quinn, which... Like, I think they came right out of the gate, and it's the same thing with Titans. The first five minutes of the show Titans and the first five minutes of Harley Quinn show on the DC app were like, yeah, I can't let the fucking kids watch this. Nothing rose to that level again. Like, I think they wanted to shock the shit out of you to start those series. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying it's right for my 10-year-old, but he, he's heard his mother say worse to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so, but I did. So, Undone was pretty okay. You know Harley Quinn and um, 
And then, you know, I would, I really, I really like that document, uh, documentary on Amazon Prime at the drive in. A vous, mon uh, frere? <laughs> I uh, went through my old TV show DVDs in the Luseum and I uh, decided to pop in a couple of episodes of Sledgehammer from 1987. Six, so great. Six, yeah. Yeah. Alan Spencer is the creator of it. And he, you know, he, he I think he wrote on. Uh, a couple of those like spoof type shows earlier on. I don't know, but he, uh, he the the show is just it's a it's a it's a dirty Harry parody. If you don't remember watching Sledgehammer on ABC, starring uh, David Reich, I think that's a uh, Reich. I think that's how you pronounce his name. The uh, the the his partner on the show, I forget her name. It was like Anne Marie Martin or something like that. She stopped acting, you know, shortly thereafter because she married Michael Crichton. <laughs> so check please yeah right uh, they divorced and he later died but you know they had a couple of children so he got the check yeah exactly right but anyway it, it the show is just it does hold up it's funny it's um it's way over the top it was ahead of its time briefly i'll mention that it you know ran for two seasons they didn't think it was going to make it past the first season so they ended it by having spoilers Sledgehammer have to detonate or de- deactivate a nuclear bomb, and he doesn't, so it blows up all of Los Angeles. But then they get renewed, <laughs> so they go well. Okay, so they do season two, and they set it a year earlier and call it Sledgehammer: The Early Years. <laughs> that's that's brilliant. That that is brilliant. Yeah, and th- this came out right before the writers' strike. Or it ended right before the writer's strike, so I think that was sort of the death knell for a couple of things. I mean, it was one of those police squad type shows. I can't, I can't recall if you know. I know they did Dirty Harry, you know, homages and parodies, but I don't know if there was actual like, you know, nineteen seventies movies that they just lifted scripts from, like they did with a police squad. But uh, I had fun watching those. Uh, those DVDs are hard to come by. I think they have the Blu-ray set, like a bare bones Blu-ray set. Of the entire season that you can get pretty cheap. That's good to watch. Um, and what else did I watch? Uh, I watched the final episode of The Righteous Gemstones on HBO Max. I watched most of the episodes of the first season up until the last one. And, it, you know, that's just a, a great show. Righteous Gemstones has John Goodman, Danny McBride, um, what's his name from Workaholics, Adam Devine. And uh, it's about a, a family. Uh, we talked about this before. It's about a family of um, mega church evangelical preachers. They have a big uh, network. They've been around since the family's been around since like the '80s on on cable, and they you know have this uh, the, this sort of struggle in the family when the mom passes away. They have to determine whether or not. You know they're going to be able to continue growing as a church because the kids are all like infighting fuck ups, just like the worst kind of people. It's fucking Danny McBride, you know. Like it's how how many seasons? It's just the one season. It's on HBO Max, and there's only like uh, nine episodes. You got to check it out. No, I de- I definitely because you know I sit down and I turn on the TV and I I do I get overwhelmed. It's like. Oh. Do I go to the DCU app? Do I go to Amazon Prime? Do I go to Netflix? Do I go to the HBO thing? And I've watched a bunch of stuff on HBO, you know, thanks to my my good friend and partner in crime here, here Joseph. Um, I'm watching Perry Mason on that. Mm. I, I, I just want, you know, of course, we watch Watchmen. I watch uh, Leftovers. So, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely check this out. Right, I mean, it, 
Righteous Gem, I mean, if it's eight episodes, yeah, it's going to take me uh, if there were an hour minutes. each episode, so 20 <laughs> minutes to blow through it. You'll miss all the good jokes, though, and, and all, the, all the exposed penises that are on the show, because penises are funny. You had me at penis. <laughs> the last thing I said. <laughs> uh, what, what's your parenting tip this week? Because I, 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 I just remembered I had kids, and uh, one of them is an adult, essentially. <laughs> but, you know, I still treat them like a child because bad parent. So please tip me on how to be a better parent so I can get these kids out of my house. I, I, I can't help you this week, Joe. I can't. But, uh, but Twitter can. And uh, I saw a great clip on Twitter. Well, I'm torn. I don't know if this is my parenting tip if I got think the guy did a great job or maybe went too far. But took place somewhere in London and somebody videotaped 10, 12-year-old little fucking punk screaming at some clerk at a store. He must I don't know what happened before then. I don't know if they asked him to leave the store, but whatever. He's face to face with an adult saying he's going to come back and cut him. He's a piece of shit getting on his bike and, and, and just being a fucking piece of shit, this 12-year-old. I don't know what started it. Uh, cut to the dad who, I guess it went around on social media, and I guess it got posted on Facebook, and I guess the dad was completely embarrassed, who took his kid back there, videotaped it, like, you know, standing outside his car saying, oh, so you think you, you know, it's okay to embarrass the family? It's okay for me to raise you like this? Tell everybody why we're here. And he's like, I'm here to apologize. And marched the kid over, you know, the clerk that the guy was screaming at, made the son apologize. And then the dad's like, no, I'm sorry about this, mate. No, I, I, you know, it's like, blah, blah, blah. I swear he will never come to the store again. And the dad apologized. And I'm like, you know, when my little guy was three, maybe four, he either purposely or accidentally wound up home with a Hot Wheels car, you know, from the checkout line at the store. And I made him bring it back. You know what I mean? Um, I didn't videotape it and put it on social media and shame him for life. But, uh, but uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm torn if that's my parenting tip because it's like the, the kid was a fucking asshole. And again, I don't know what led into it, but it, it pretty much seemed like, you know, dad was uh, not having any of it. And um, the kid's either going to learn a lesson or come back and kill the guy with a knife. <laughs> I don't know. So maybe I shouldn't have led with that. Yeah, I don't know. This is a creepy fucking time because I, although I do like how social media has given us the America's Funniest Home Videos version of white people freaking out at Target because they are forced to wear masks, like seeing adult women lose their shit over their lose their shit losing their shit over their because of their uh, infringement of their constitutional right to not wear a mask and infect hundreds if not thousands of other people uh, regardless of that there's also this weird thing about putting your kids or putting other people's kids on the same social media and it's like okay well legally i guess you can do that as long as it's not pornographic you can put a kid on social media and videotape them without them even knowing that they're being videotaped so you know do we need how far is this going to go or is this just sort of the the world we live in it's just like okay you live in a world now where any action that you do in public or private can be videotaped uploaded and distributed and you are going to be judged and juried and executioned (laughs) executed 
No, yeah, no. I mean, there's a big thing. It's like that's why celebrities freak out when people are taking pictures of their kids. Like, yeah, I chose to be in the public limelight, but that doesn't give you a right to follow my kid to school and take pictures or at recess. Um, no, no, it is. It's very. Um, I, I, you know, it, it just reminded me. I, I didn't have a rundown. Um, yeah, because everything is on tape. Remember those fucks in St. Louis, the 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 lawyer and his wife who took out their. She had a couple handguns. Yeah, they had a warrant served on them, searched their house, and had their guns taken away. And and their lawyer gave a statement. It's like they they felt threatened and were just protecting their property. It's like, ah, no, the peaceful protesters never even came near them or their property, and they did no damage during that parade. So if they were if they were inside barricading their walls and their doors and their windows and had their guns. Yeah, you can make that argument, but uh, coming outside and waving them in protesters' face, not so much, because, yeah, it is all on tape now, but with this guy, as far as the parenting tip goes, it's like, you know... Um, I'm talking about kids. Like, I'm not talking about adults. That, you yeah, know, no, it, that was his kid. That was his kid that right, he videotaped. Right, but, so. but the kid who was cursing, it's, it's, you know, like the person who posted the original video of the kid cursing, they obviously have the right to post a video of anybody's fucking kid doing anything weird and putting it on the internet and that kid and that kid's parents have no say in the matter so it's kind of like where do i don't know i get you know what fuck it kids parenting tip how about this parenting tip just tell your kids if we ever do have to leave the house after this whole pandemic is over watch your back don't do anything that could embarrass you or the family because you are going to be videotaped you are going to be videotaped and you're going to be um, you're going to be judged by, you know, that one particular action. It's going to haunt you for the rest of your life. Or and, 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 and that's and, and like the bullshit that you and I grew up with. Like, you know, when I got suspended in the third grade and they said, that's going to be on your permanent record. Uh, yet to come up in a job interview. <laughs> you right. Know? But yeah. you know what does yet come to- up in job interviews? Uh, drunken videos of you in college with your dick out. That will probably oh, come up dude, in a job interview. Seriously? How? How? how oh. I, I, you just gave me chill. When I think of the shit that, dude, yeah. no, I, like, I can't speak now because I'm going through <laughs> just one day in Fitchburg and 91 alone. That, you know, I mean, and they had video but, cameras back then. They just didn't have them on. I went to film school. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you probably had one the in the room. <laughs> you know, hey, just don't judge. You know, I, I learned a lot from Hogan's Heroes. Okay. You oh, know? <laughs> just the one man. Just one man and his weak, one weakness. Again, we're judging a man on one weakness. Anyway, so that's the end of the podcast. I'm deeming this podcast is over. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to our sideshow last week on Carl Reiner. I enjoyed listening to that as well. Uh, I'm I'm titling the sideshows when we eulogize dead celebrities. I'm putting remembering in front of them now, not to say just the name because that might mislead people who are searching for Carl Reiner interviews on the internet to go, hey, he was on this show Carnival Personnel last week. I thought he was dead. No, turns out it's just two idiots talking about Carl Reiner, kind of. So that's a little production note that I thought I'd put out there for our fans. A little inside baseball. Since there is no real baseball, I thought you'd give you inside baseball on how a podcast is made. And I'm going to tell you how to end a podcast. It's to shut up and say, don't forget. You're out a little lovely book. There's other lovely books to read.
meets the eye I think that someone's in control But somehow there's a reason why The people kill And people die All for me Shepherd turns to sheep